Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on Vertical Vision this week. Uh, over the last several weeks, um, in my personal quiet time, I've been going through First uh, Peter, and uh, I came across uh, a passage in First in Peter chapter two, uh, verses thirteen through through uh, seventeen, and it talks about how to deal with people in authority how we as Christians are supposed to act in regards to the, the leaders of our, our country. And it really got me thinking because it's such a, a different perspective from what we see going on in our society today. There's so much um, hostility and tension and anger uh, pertaining to politics and society and uh, just the issues and such that are out there. And uh, I, I don't know if I've ever really remembered seeing uh, a political arena that's as um, tense as, as it is today. And as I read this, I, I really felt like it would be a good thing to, to talk about because for us as Christians, you know, we have a, a twofold citizenship. We have dual citizenship, if you will. We're citizens of heaven, and as such... We have a code of conduct and a way that we're supposed to live. And we're also citizens of earth and citizens of this country. And uh, we have a code uh, and a standard by which we're supposed to live. And sometimes those don't match up very well. Sometimes they do. And I wanted to share with you just some insight from First Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17 about uh, how, how we can live as Christians and treat people as a whole and, uh, and, and leadership as well in a way that uh, honors God, brings glory to Him, and puts us in a good light, even if people don't like us, uh, still be able to have a, a character that has to be uh, admired I guess, uh, at the least. So how do we deal with, with our leadership? How do we deal with laws and, and things like that? And Peter, when he's writing to his audience, they're under the, the rule of the Roman Empire. And uh, it's, it's not an easy uh, environment to be living in. And so I think because of the the difficult circumstances in those days, uh, it, it applies very nicely to the difficult circumstances in our days. So look what, look what Peter says here in chapter 2, verse 13. He says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who, to, who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. And then get this, honor the emperor. Okay? Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. 
And I think one of the first questions that comes to mind is, well, what if, what if the authorities are, are not in line with God? What if they're evil? What if they're doing wrong? What if they're passing laws that are contrary to God and God's word? Are we still supposed to be subject to them? And that's a, that's a really, really good question. Um, and I think looking at the Bible really gives us some good indication of, of how this works. Uh, consider Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were, they were under Nebuchadnezzar. He was, a, he was quite the king. He was, he was fearsome. And when uh, there were things that went against God's laws, be it dietary, like when uh, they were supposed to eat from the king's table and it was not uh, the food that God uh, deemed as clean, the four of them respectfully uh, said, no, uh, we, we can't. And, and, you know, Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego actually uh, struck a deal with, with their overseer uh, in that it was, just give us vegetables for uh, a, a certain amount of time. And if, if we look worse than uh, the people eating the king's food, then um, we'll go ahead and obey you. But if we look better, then make it so we don't have to eat the king's food. And so they, they put things in a, in a sphere where for the, the overseer who was accountable to the king and would be disciplined by the king if they were not looking up to par, um, they put him in a situation where his life would not be jeopardized and that he would be safe, but also giving the opportunity for God to move and... and um, for them to be able to stand for, for uh, what the Lord had them do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, not bowing to the, the idol that Nebuchadnezzar erected. He threw him in the furnace and God brought him out. Uh, sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, sometimes uh, uh, we suffer for standing for what is right and what God says. And um, uh, we, we lose our lives sometimes. We uh, are hurt. Uh, injured, punished. Um, but God is still with us nonetheless. And you look throughout Scripture, you have people like Esther and Mordecai. You know, they were under King Ahasuerus. And Mordecai thwarted a, a, an assassination attempt on the king. You know, he was a guard and looking out for a pagan occupying king's interest. Esther became the queen, and she put her life on the line to disobey the rule of the land, that you don't go before the king unless you're called, uh, to go in trusting that God would be there with her, and in respect and honor uh, of the king, she was able to make requests and, and reveal the plot to, to commit genocide against the, the Jewish people. Um, and you can look at other places in Scripture where men and women of God responded to um, bad situations concerning leaders, bad laws, bad rules, and trusted God. They did what was right. They didn't waver and trusted God to take them through. Daniel in the lion's den is another example of that. So if our government tells us to do things that are contrary to the word of God, we, 
we are obligated to obey the Lord. But in doing so, we need to be respectful and honorable in our behavior. And, and we have a very unique opportunity uh, in this country in that we actually have the ability to, to vote and have a say in the direction our leadership and our government is going. Uh, and I, I was looking at the uh, United States Department of Immigration's um, list on uh, rights and responsibilities of U.S. citizens. And for U.S. citizen, one of our responsibilities, according to their list, is to uh, be involved in the democratic process, to vote, and to have our say, to elect our leadership, and have a say about the laws of the land. And it also tells us to, to uh, participate and be involved in our communities, uh, be plugged into our communities and make a difference. And I think that, um, that that's something that would be uh, good and right for us to do as believers. And anybody, for that matter, to be a part of that process, to be voting, to to help direct our communities and be involved in our communities rather than just uh, sometimes sitting back and coasting, I think. But with that ability to, to vote, we need to make the most of that with our ability to voice uh, our opinions and our standards and our beliefs. Uh, we should use that voice since we have the freedom to do so. Um, so that being subject, you know, Peter goes on to say, "This is the will of good that by b will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people." And you know, people are are going to find fault with people. That's what we do. Um, we're sinful. We're fallen. We're quick to criticize and condemn. Um, and if people are going to condemn us or find fault with us, let it be only in relation to things that are good. Um, you, know, you look at Daniel, when, when they tried to uh, find dirt on him to slander him before King, King Darius uh, so that he wouldn't become the, the chief uh, ruler, the prime minister, if you will, under, under Darius, they couldn't find anything. The only thing that they could do was attack him on the grounds of his relationship with God. And they put together this crazy law that nobody could pray to anybody except King Darius for a certain number of days, knowing that Daniel would break that law. And he did, but God was with him. God spared him. And God moved in, in Darius's life as a result. Uh, so we've, we've got that responsibility to, to live our lives in a way that uh, when people look at it, they may not like us, they may not agree with us, but at least be able to not find much ground or any ground, if, if at all possible, to, to, to condemn us. Uh, and in our behavior, Peter goes on to, to say, honor everyone honor the emperor. And that, that word for honor means to treat with dignity and even to give preference to. 
And again, you, you look at the, the people like Nehemiah, Esther, Mordecai, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and others, David, giving honor to leaders who at times were, were evil. In, in David's case, even on the hunt for him to kill him, he still treated Saul with dignity and honor and respect. And uh, that's just amazing that, that he would conduct himself that way. It wasn't easy. All you have to do is look at the Psalms and you see what he wrestled with. But when we treat people with dignity and honor, um, it allows us to engage with them better, I think. I think of how Jesus dealt with people. Uh, it didn't matter if they were a sinner, a tax collector, a prostitute. Jesus treated people with dignity. People are created in the image of God. They are made by him. They are loved by him so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. So people are important and of value to God. And that doesn't mean we need to skirt issues and not address sin or, or things that are wrong. Um, Jesus did it all the time. You know, he called sin, sin in the lives of, you know, tons of people. But he always treated them with that dignity and that honor and love and respect. And so he was able to confront things and address things. But it was prefaced by a heart and an expression of, of love and respect for that individual. Now, definitely there were times like, like the Pharisees who uh, were abusive and misrepresenting God and, and uh, Jesus uh, dealt very harshly with, with them uh, because of the nature of what they were doing. But for the common person, even somebody like Pilate, look how Jesus treated Pilate. He, he wasn't, I mean, here's the king of kings dealing with this Roman governor and he, he is peaceable, respectful, honest, and that's the way we need to be. Because hopefully when we treat people that way, it'll open up a door of dialogue where we can really connect with people and, and um, build relationships and be salt and light in their lives. That's what we're supposed to be. So, you know, that's, that's, that's so important for us to do. Submit, stand for what is right respectfully if uh, laws and leaders go against the Lord. Use what we have been given to be able to uh, change those laws and change that leadership and honor people, treat them with dignity and respect. And one of the, the biggest ways we can do that, I think, is uh, to, to pray for people. Paul, in his, his letter to Timothy, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, basically lays out some things that are just like what Peter's given us. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says to Timothy, First of all, then I urge that supplications, those are requests, 
prayers, that's dialogue, intercession, praying for people, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable or peaceful and quiet, godly and uh, life. I'm sorry. Uh, pray for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you see that right there where, you know, be praying for people. Do we pray for our leaders? Do we pray for those in authority over us? Do we pray for our communities? Do we pray for our coworkers? Do we pray for the people around us and lift them up before the Lord? Because he loves them. He doesn't want people to face his judgment. He wants people to repent and come to a knowledge of the truth. And so we have that privilege to be able to pray for our leaders, to pray for people, to live in a dignified way and be honorable toward people. Again, so that when we do that, we're that salt and that light and we're honoring God in the midst of it, glorifying him, and hopefully people will be drawn to the Lord. And can you imagine what it would be like if the halls of government within our country were filled with people who feared God and loved truth and what is right? If we saw leaders and neighbors and politicians and people all around us that we are praying for come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior, that would radically change. That would change so much. God loves people. And we're his ambassadors. We're citizens of heaven and has dual citizenship on earth and have the role of being ambassadors for the kingdom of God. So I would encourage you, um, you know, as you look at the political climate, you look at all of the stuff that's going on in our society, in our culture, pray for people, treat them with dignity, submit and be the best citizens that you could ever have. But at the same time, stand for what is right and good and trust that the Lord will be there for us when we have to make a stand. And as Peter and John said to the Sanhedrin, when, when the Sanhedrin uh, commanded them to stop preaching the name of Jesus, uh, they said, should we obey the command of man or the command of God? And there's really no debate there. The Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, they were not going to say you obey us and not God. Um, and we are going to obey God and not man. But may we do it in a way like Daniel, David, Esther, Nehemiah, Mordecai, 
Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, that is honorable, dignified, and glorifying of our Lord and Savior.